You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 41, The Enneagram 2 Youth Worker. We are currently in our 11-episode series called the Youth Worker Enneagram Project. So let's head into today's episode with the featured Enneagram coach and co-host, as well as the Youth Worker guest. All right, we are back on the podcast today, continuing our Enneagram Project. And I want to welcome back our coach and co-host for this episode, Ainsley B. So Ainsley, welcome back. Thank you so much. And our guest for today is Miss Liz Dolan. And so Liz, uh, give us a little intro about yourself and also your Enneagram numbers, please. Sure. Hello. Um, I am one of seven kids. I'm the second one. Um, and my parents have been pastors since I was, I was a baby, a little baby. So they've been pastoring a church in central Illinois. And um, I kind of was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. And so I went to Bible school for about a year and came home. And I always, I think I wanted to do ministry stuff, but I didn't know where I fit. And uh, there was kind of a opening and it happened and I work for my parents now. So um, most of my siblings are also involved in ministry somehow. So that's kind of what we do. And I lead worship. I help with like youth stuff and students and kids. Um, and graphics and all sorts of stuff. As a pastor's kid, if you if you've been there, you know what that's like. So that's <laughs> sort of me. And I'm a number two. I'm the helper. Wow, that is quite a family <laughs> heritage and story right there. Very yes. cool. Very cool. Well, uh, Ainsley, could you give us a little reminder for our listeners of the major characteristics of an Enneagram two? I sure can. The two are our caring interpersonal types. They're called the helpers. They're generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. Their basic fears of being unwanted or unworthy of being loved, and their basic desire is to feel loved. Very cool. Um, and from our poll of almost 1,300 youth workers, uh, the Enneagram 2 was number one. It was the most popular. Wow. Um, almost 19% of all of the workers who voted identify as dominant Enneagram twos. Um, and wow. so um, this will be very insightful and helpful for many youth ministry workers, even if they aren't a two, because they probably know one that is based on this mm-hmm. data. Um, so Liz, could you tell us a little bit about um, the positive trends that you notice in your ministry, what do you excel at based on how God has wired you? So I only came across the Enneagram probably in the last year and a half or so. And I don't know tons and tons about all of it, but I do know a little bit about myself and it's been helpful uh, to learn more about myself and maybe have a little bit more grace on myself. Um, I being the helper. um, I I know that I tend to uh, overcommit to things. I want to help everybody. I want to fix everything. Um, And so I tend to overcommit myself and um, do many things and have my hands in lots of things, Um, which is great. I feel in some respects because 
there's a generosity to it. And I know that it's in me. Um, and I love that about myself, but I also know there's a, there's a negative side to that as well. But, um, I think I also, I tend to be like thoughtful and I kind of see people, um, that maybe others don't see like, because maybe they don't have as much to offer. Um, and I don't know if that came from my mom, who's also a two go figure. Um, but <laughs> she all, she all often taught me like notice the outcasts, the outliner people that maybe, um, aren't seen because they're not the popular or they're not the, um, the one that everybody is attracted to. And so, um, I know that those things have helped me in like ministry stuff and whether it's youth or kids or whatever area that I'm working in. And so I feel like learning more about myself has helped me to not maybe dislike a lot of things about myself um, and understanding that God made me that way and not using it as an excuse to do whatever I want and say, well, that's just me, take it or leave it, but to use it in, in a way that's like, I know this is the positive things about me and the good things that he made me to be that way and to like really focus on that and not to focus on all those other things that I see that I don't like, or I'm like, why did he make me this way? Um, so I, it's been helpful in ministry learning about my Enneagram uh, to kind of like feel okay and better about the the things that God put in me uh, for a reason. So I don't know, that's kind of, that's kind of my, my feeling about my, myself and my giftings, I guess you might say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I think what you highlighted the most with, um, being able to see people who maybe others aren't naturally attracted to, that's what we always try and get our students to do anyway. Right. People at school, people who walk in the door who are new, Hey, Go and meet them. Go and introduce them to your friends. Go and make them feel welcome. Encourage them. Don't just put on a face. Actually get to know them. Um, and so having that natural ability, I feel like gives twos more of an inside track than anyone else on being able to identify and really lead with the encouragement, lead with what's going to help, not just like, well, I can do this. It's I'm going to do this because it's going to be helpful for you, right? They give all their time and dedication in that moment to that person and helping them. So that's a really admirable quality ministry. Um, Ainsley, how would you expound upon that being a two yourself and uh, how youth ministry workers who are twos, where they might see themselves really doing well in ministry? Yeah, I think twos have an incredible gift when it comes to ministry. Well, multiple gifts and you know, you're, you're never going to be disappointed if you have twos on your greet team, on your pastoral care team, anything like that. Although, although the sevens would be great for the high fives, the twos are for those deep conversations They're They want to get to the heart of it. They're not, they're like, I'll greet you, but also spill out your guts and tell me your whole life story because I care so much about you. Yeah. And so it's so fun. Twos are great with inclusion and empathy. So exactly what Liz was saying, you can just kind of see who needs to be included or who um, just needs a little extra support. They, they have a superpower in knowing what people need and, and when and how to give it to them. So I actually have a student, a male two, which are actually more rare than uh, female twos. Uh, he's a male two in 
the youth group that I serve at. And he is always looking for the person who's not standing inside the circle. He's always the one to lead uh, the younger middle schoolers, right? They follow him like little ducklings. And he always makes them feel important. Twos have a very cool gifting to make someone feel valued and loved and and welcome, which is neat. Yeah. Um, Liz, have you always noticed those qualities about yourself and they just kind of became more apparent as you started looking at the Enneagram? Or has that been something that you've kind of had a new appreciation for? Well, funny story. I I was really, really shy as a as a kid, as a teenager, um, and really, really like, I, I think I had friends, not because I sought them out, but because everybody knew me. So it was easy because I was the pastor's kid. So I, they knew who I was before I knew them. And my mom, who's a two, kind of forced me out of my <laughs> introverted ways. She literally asked me one night after youth group, oh, I saw there was a couple new kids there. What were their names? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't talk to them. And she's like, that's not okay. I'm like, well, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm shy. I don't want to, you know, and so she's just like, well, that's not how we're doing things. And so she pretty much gave me an assignment. Uh, next week, you're going to look around the room and you're going to see if there's anybody new there. And you're going to go up, them, up to them and say, hi, my name is Liz. Uh, what's your name? Where do you go to school? How old are you? I'm like, oh, that sounds awful and horrible. Like I just wanted to throw up right then. (laughs) And she's like, and then you're going to come back and report to me. I'm like, why do you hate me? (laughs) So I was just like, please, God, don't let anybody be new. Please don't let there be anybody new. And sure enough, there was two two students that I didn't know. And I'm like, Oh, cringe. So I walk up to them and I ask them the formatted questions. I'm like, gotta ask the questions, check it off. And so I did it. And I came back to her that night and she said, okay, were there students there? You didn't know. And I'm like, yes. And so I tell them, I tell her the information, like I'm just reporting and she's like, okay, now you can do it next week. And I'm like, why do you hate me so much? (laughs) And she was like, you, you need to see other people. You need to not be so focused on yourself and, and so shy that you won't talk to anybody. And I was just like, oh, my mom hates me so much. But it forced me out of my comfort zone and my shyness and my embarrassed and, you know, insecurities and forced me to talk to people that maybe I would, I maybe I was interested. I noticed them, but I wouldn't talk to them because I was scared. And so it forced me out of that. And so it's kind of been something that has continued throughout my life. Um, thanks a lot, mom. So <laughs> I don't know if she made me into a two, but she sure forced me out of my shyness. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, it's, it's interesting to me that like, as I found out more about myself, I knew exactly what my mom was before she even took the test. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's my mom. I am my mom. Great. You know, <laughs> so it's been a good thing um, because I know she's really shy too, but she's, she's like, as a pastor's wife, I can't be shy, too shy to talk to people. I have to get out of my comfort zone and I have to speak to people that I don't know, or that maybe are intimidating to me or whatever. So I've seen that in her life too. And so when she took the test, I knew, I knew exactly what she was. Um, But yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of like peel off the layers of the onion when I find out about what a two is to the core. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. That's funny. That's, that's who I am. But my mom really, she, Oh, she's horrible. 
Anyway, she pushed, she pushed she pushed me. It was awful. She she wanted you to, to live your best two life. Yes. Oh, and, and Mama laying it down. That's awesome. My mom actually did the same thing. Oddly enough, my mom's not a two. She's a one wing two, and she did the same thing. I'm not introverted, uh, but I I still like. I mean, going up to random people isn't everyone's favorite thing to do. And my mom did the same thing. So we yeah. need another poll of the twos <laughs> whose mom made them uh-huh. love on the outcast. <laughs> well, probably all of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. My, my two wing is as high as it can get without tying my dominant three. So I can really relate to a lot of that pressure. And the older I get, the more I realize how introverted I am, um, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so valuable to, once you make that effort of getting outside and connecting your natural tuness or the way God's wired you really kicks in and mm. is a true advantage in those situations, but it's overcoming abilities that aren't convenient or aren't comfortable. And then, Oh, okay. Now I see how God's prepared me to actually do this, which is great. Yeah. Um, and we've already alluded to this a little bit. Um, but you know, we have things that we are great at and then our natural strengths and then things that don't come as easy and we need some extra help on. And so Liz, uh, based on knowing who you are and how God has wired you, what things in ministry, either with students or with peers, um, do you feel like you need extra focus and help with? Letting other people do things, Mm. um, I think is a big deal for me. Um, I have in the past been burned by letting people do things and then they don't do it. And it's not just, they didn't do it right. Like they just didn't do it. (laughs) And so I know there are people that are like, well, I can do it better and faster and I'll get it done. But I've also experienced the the points where they make promises and then they don't follow through and then I'm disappointed and I have to pick it up anyway. And so that's really frustrating and it makes you not want to trust people or not let other people take some of your load. But I, the older I've gotten and the more I've had on my plate or plates, (laughs) I've had to learn. I'm like, I literally cannot do it all. So I have to offload some things that people are capable of doing. And maybe I trust them with a small task at first, instead of giving them a big load right out of the gate and go, Oh, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. And then they fail me. So I've had to learn to start with little stuff at first until I can trust them because I know myself and I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a ministry thing or a PK thing or a two thing. I have no idea, but I've just been let down a few times um, that I don't trust. And so I tend to take too much on and not let people do that. But I've had to learn that it is so much better and so much more enjoyable to succeed as a team and not just do it all myself and let other people help and let other people take things off that they are capable of doing. And so I think that um, that's that's been something that's been helpful for me um, to do. And um, all of the stuff that I said, but also just like trusting people in general, because I feel like I often give more than other people give back to me. And I'm often giving, giving, giving. And I know that's part of how I'm created. Um, 
And I also know the negative parts of that, that I'm seeking in return. And when I'm not getting it, it's really disappointing. Um, and I feel like I often invest more than other people are investing back into me. And on the negative end of it, the, the whole idea of like the dysfunction part of the two, where you're wanting somebody to like love you in return and to feel the same about you and all that kind of stuff that it, it can get really unhealthy for me as far as like not knowing if people are going to reciprocate the same passion, the same energy into a project or into me as a person or into the ministry or whatever. And so it can be, it can be a frustrating line for me to figure out sometimes. Um, And also to not expect so much from people because I know how much I put on myself and I'm like, I'm up here and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you that. And then they're like, well, they, they can only give this much. Maybe that's all they are capable of doing. And I have to be understanding and not so hard on them um, for not being able to reciprocate the same passion, energy, or investment that I do. So I don't know. I find that to be a difficult balancing act for myself in ministry and in life and, and all of that, I guess. Yeah. No, those, those really track with me. And I'm sure, well, Ainsley will expound upon this a little more. <laughs> for sure. But I feel like along with ones and threes, and because those are the wings of the two, not being able to delegate well makes sense. Um, I also struggle with delegating. And some of the time it's because I just want to be able to do it and say yes. Sometimes it is because I want them to do it right the way I see it. It's kind of both. Um, I remember I took this I'm not sure what it was. It wasn't Enneagram. It wasn't Myers-Briggs. It was some kind of evaluation about personality and my strengths and weaknesses when I got hired here. And um, and it's and I think it picked up on my achievement um, purposes and wanting to get things done well. And it I think it kind of insinuated that I was able to delegate. And I'm like, this is wrong. I'm terrible at <laughs> delegating. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I can relate a little bit to that. Um, but yeah. Uh, Ainsley, how would you um, expound upon that, uh, being able to think about as a two yourself and what Liz said, what is tough for twos in ministry? Yeah, I think that there's a reason that they're called the helper and not the helped because Mm. they do not, um, they crave help, but they don't know how to take it. They don't know how to receive it. So then it's like, um, it's just a, it's an interesting place to be in that it's like, no, I don't want, I don't want you to know that I even have needs. I need to be able to um, give, give, give. And you kind of think that I have an endless source, but then whenever I do, my source does run out, I start to get kind of uh, resentful and like, well, I'm, I'm pouring out all this stuff and, and you're not kind of pouring back into me. And it's, it just becomes this like, um, hard place. It's a really hard place to be in as a two. And I'm saying that from personal experience, absolutely. When it comes to ministry too, it's, it's like twos are most likely the ones who are, and I know this happened with me is your, your office was never empty. You know, there's always someone in the twos office and, um, just asking for help or advice or something like that, because the two will lay down in the road and let you run over them. If that'll make you okay. If you will be okay, you can torture me. Like that is, it's just the, the, the martyr of the two, which is not healthy. 
it's not. So one of the things that a two needs is boundaries and uh, a re um, reframing of priorities. Because as soon as you ask the two of something, it goes to the very top of their list, the very top. And then, you know, they can ask you and it doesn't necessarily reach your top of the list, but it's like maybe up there, maybe in the middle, but because it doesn't go to your top, the two is like, wait, but your priority went to the top of my list. Like, what do you mean? So if there's one thing that um, a two it's struggling with is boundaries and priorities. Do not put someone else's at the very, very top of your list because you have to be your priority, your uh, self-care and, and, you know, relationship with the Lord and how he's refilling you has to be the very top, which is honestly very hard for a two. It's other numbers are going to be like, what are you talking about? But a two is going to be like, I know. <laughs> so it's so real. And then the, the, the other thing with the two is communication. So we are great listeners and usually can communicate something else, right? We can communicate the word or something else that someone else needs. But when it comes to our own needs, we're not super communicative. We're not great at communicating those. So that is a huge uh, hindrance as well. And I really keep going on this list. I'm sorry too, is you're, I, I am one, so I can, I'm going to have a longer list. But the other thing that is very hard is they're absorbers of emotions. So just like it was a blessing because you can feel what other people are feeling and it, and it creates a beautiful empathy, it also hurts because you are actually taking them on as your own emotions. Um, I literally, I went on a high school retreat recently and some of the students were just sharing what was on their heart and I'm bawling crying. Like they're not crying, but I'm crying because I can feel the heaviness from them. So um, that's another thing that's like both, it's a double-edged sword. It's both a blessing and a curse. And just learning how to manage that is going to save you from burnout and save your heart from um, being, feeling like it's being taken advantage of. Yeah, I feel like a lot of those, just like you said, would lend themselves to a path of burnout if they're not carefully managed. Um, and because I have a lot of those tendencies in me myself, as that's my super dominant wing, I can relate to that. Uh, and speaking of wings, we've mentioned them a few times. Uh, we want to mm-hmm. move to that. And so Ainsley, can you remind people maybe who haven't listened to our last two episodes, um, what is a wing in the Enneagram system? Yeah, the wings are so fun. They are the salt and pepper of one's personality, where they just add a little bit of um, flavor, a little bit of extra behaviors or tendencies that might differ from one another, and um, that is, and they're the numbers adjacent to your main type. So a two will either ha- either have a one or a three wing. Gotcha. And Liz, uh, do you have a dominant wing that you identify with or how do you see those wings in play with you in your ministry? So my wings are almost exactly the same. They're almost identical. And so I've taken a few different tests and every time they're either almost exactly even or one is a little bit more. And then the next time the three is a little bit more if I answered a different question differently. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's a hard, like I've, I've had to look at both of them because I'm like, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue which one I totally am. And so I've, I've leaned both ways. Um, 
because I do see a lot of like ones in myself and I also see a lot of threes in me. And so I'm like, I don't really know for sure, but it's very even. It's almost like one point off from the other (laughs) one. It's super strange, but yeah, I've looked into both of those too, because I, because it's not such a strong, um, number. I haven't just looked at one and go, Oh, that's me. Cause it's always been even. So. Okay. <laughs> you kind of see those at play both just depending yeah. on how you might answer one question or approach one scenario each day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Ains- normal. Yeah. It's cool. Normal, normal. Uh, so Ainsley, what would, um, a two wing one or a two wing three kind of look like in ministry? Yeah. So the two wing one is called the servant and the two wing three is called the host or the hostess. That's their titles. Um, the one is going to be more focused on like doing the right thing or guiding people in doing the right thing. Very, um, focused on that. They're going to be a little bit more uptight, probably a little bit more anxious by nature. And the two wing three is going to be more focused on competence and, uh, efficiency And they're going to be a little bit more laid back, generally speaking, than the wing one. Um, And typically, the twos, either one can be pretty creative since a two goes to a four in growth. But the two wing three is typically going to to be a little bit more on the creative side. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely needed in ministry for sure. Yeah. And I, I love being able to think about how we can think outside the box with our wings. And um, the more I've mm-hmm. learned about Enneagram myself, the more I don't feel as compartmentalized as, okay, I'm only this and I'm only good at these things, right? Which is why talking um, to, to you, Liz, and other youth workers is very important because not every two is the same as both of you can probably realize, right? And uh, yeah. it's good for us to think, okay, how has God wired me for not just who I am, but where I am and who I'm engaging with. He's placed me here on purpose. And so how am I able to connect with these students? Maybe uh, in some slightly different ways than other twos could as well, just because if I know them and, and they're here, um, which is great. So for all of you twos, which apparently is many out there yeah. in youth ministry, um, yeah, I would say that your ability to connect with people who aren't in the limelight is great. And also uh, have people around you to help give you margin boundaries, not take on the burden of other people's feelings. So you avoid burnout. And I'm definitely speaking to myself as much as the both of you or any other twos. Um, Well, this has been a lot of fun. Liz, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with us. Thank you. Uh, And uh, Ainsley, thank you for joining me for this conversation. Look forward to our other ones in this series. And I hope uh, this has brought uh, great insight to all of you who are listening. So uh, ladies, thanks again. Thank you. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Ainsley, our co-host and Enneagram coach, and Liz, our youth worker guest. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And remember, you can catch all of the episodes in this series, if you missed any, at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. You can also find a comprehensive list of our guests, their bios, lists of organizations in youth ministry to help you in your own ministry, 
There's also a store where you can buy some items and help fund the podcast to continue its work. We also really appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And if you do that, take a screenshot before you hit submit, send it to me, and I will mail you a personal thank you along with some merchandise that you can't get on the website. So please go and do that. I'm excited to continue this series. Um, Remember, every Tuesday and Friday, there's a new episode with a new guest and some practical information for you. That's all for now. So until next time, thanks again for listening. Adios.